0: generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
0: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. I know that we're a week into January now, but we've survived that first week, and now we are on to the second week, and we know this is going to be a wild year politically, but also a wild year on the world stage. So we figured we would combine the best of those two worlds with today's guest. Abe Hamadeh is here with us. He is a former army intelligence officer who served in Saudi Arabia, and he is fresh off his run for attorney general of Arizona, where he came within a few hundred votes of winning. And now he's recently been endorsed by President Trump for his congressional race in Arizona. Abe, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. Good to be with you, Tudor.
0: I am so excited that you are not just stepping out of politics that you're still fighting because I think that you have a perspective that probably the majority of folks in Congress don't have and that's kind of something that I think is is so needed in Congress right now because obviously in Arizona you are constantly thinking about the border and struggling with the border but you're also someone who has been out there fighting and, and looking at intelligence on the world stage. So let's go to the border really quick first, and then I want to get into immigration and all of that. But from your perspective, what are the dangers that we're seeing with this open border policy right now? And what are the solutions? Because I hear a lot of people complaining about it, but I don't hear a, a real solid plan to stop the invasion.
2: Right. Well, if we look at the difference between President Biden and President Trump, I mean, it's pretty clear contrast that under President Trump, the border was secured. So, what led us to this point where we have 300,000 people entering our country every single month? It's because the Biden administration has advertised to the world that he's not going to enforce our laws. So, laws are meaningless. And that's why you're seeing so many people flocking in. But what I'm concerned the most about is the number of people on the terror watch list who are entering our southern border it was 170 in the last fiscal year and if you look at the number of chinese spies i mean there's a lot of chinese nationals coming across our southern border so the rest of the world and our adversaries are looking at what's happening and they're going to take advantage of it they've done this time and time again it happened with 9 11 when the when 16 out of the 19 hijackers were saudis but they came here through student visas so they always look to find to exploit our weaknesses so that's exactly what's happening but one of the first solutions i want to introduce in congress which i'm shocked it still has not been done before i know some people have been talking about it for years is to designate the drug cartels as a terrorist organization it's something i ran on as attorney general i was going to use the state to do that designation but here we can also do it in the congress for to to make sure we're designating them as a terrorist organization to stop a lot of their financial transactions Because the the drug cartels people need to know is a business operation and Mm -hmm. it's a very deadly business operation. But that's why you're seeing that they're shifting their they're shifting their priorities now to human smuggling because it's actually a huge moneymaker for them. Uh, But, you know, looking at what happens with China, bringing the fentanyl, you know, the United States has to use a lot of its leverage right now on on places like Mexico, on China. So that's what I'm looking forward to going to Congress. But it really doesn't require much It's not rocket science. You know, it was secured under President Trump. Build the wall. Make sure Mexico is not allowing, you know, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants to use this caravan to march towards our border. But that's where we got to get a lot tougher.
0: But what is the hesitation there from Congress? I mean, over all these years of not designating the the cartels as a terrorist operation, because we obviously want to have a good relationship with Mexico. But let's be honest about Mexico. It's a very corrupt country. The government is very corrupt. The police are corrupt. They're in they're in league with the cartels. But now you just see the president of Mexico coming out and giving his condolences to El Chapo on the death of his mother. I cannot imagine a president of the United States coming out and giving his sympathies to a massive terrorist leader. I mean, this is what you are as a drug lord. So what does that mean? How do you interact with a country who is embedded within this, as you called it, a terrorist organization that is on our border and coming after us? I mean, really degrading us from the inside out, you know, coming in, killing people, getting people addicted to drugs, the the sex trade, all of these things are happening right there. How do you get tough on Mexico?
2: Yeah, it becomes complicated. And if you look at how we dealt after 9-11 with our, our ally Saudi Arabia, right? I mean, 16 out of 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia and we still were allies with them but it was a delicate type of relationship the same thing needs to be done with Mexico because you know a lot of the Mexican citizens are actually appalled by the drug cartels because they cause so much havoc and violence especially in the northern border communities but I think what's happening is Mexico has lost total control of the northern border and they ceded to the cartels so This is where I think the United States needs to have a better posture in putting military assets to the border, which we've never done before at a large scale. And I think at that point, the Mexican government will know that we're we're talking serious business here. But unfortunately, what we're having is our border patrols turning into travel agents for these illegal migrants. So, you know, this is where it it becomes complicated because Mexico is a large trading partner of the United States. But Mexico needs the United States a lot more than we need Mexico. And we need to be able to use that leverage for them
0: so there is that leverage but i want to say i want to be honest about you talked about the chinese nationals coming across the border china has become very embedded in south and central america they are building factories there they are taking place of what america used to be to those to those countries and they're going in it. and now those countries are reliant on trade with china more so in some cases than they are with the united states and i say That is a very dangerous place for us to be. And, you know, we were running a few years back on this idea. We're going to pull all manufacturing out of Mexico, make sure it's made in America. But I will, I have to be honest, I didn't see that happen as much as I saw trade and, or I saw manufacturing pulled out of Mexico and still flourishing in China. So how do we get our Local businesses in the United States to say, we're going to invest in our neighbor rather than in our enemy and start to have more trade. So we do have more, more emphasis, more reliance on us than on China.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right you know something that's unique about my congressional district tutor it's actually we have tsmc which is the largest semiconductor chip manufacturer that they move their headquarters from taiwan to arizona and you're looking at what arizona is building this type of new industry out here because we understand the geopolitical threats that china has in that part of the world but You know, I think you're right where China is exerting its control and influence over a lot of these smaller countries, not just in Central and South America, which is really scary because it's right in our backyard. But if you look at Africa and the Middle East, when I was serving in Saudi Arabia, I mean, I was surprised talking to high level Saudi officials. The Chinese are going into Saudi Arabia at an alarming rate. I mean, the United States and for all intents and purposes was controlling Saudi Arabia through Aramco uh, for, for about a century. And so that relationship is now kind of fractured where the Saudi Arabian, uh, they just joined BRICS just last week uh, with Brazil, Russia, India, China. So that's it's you're right. The, the, The U.S. leadership is waning around the world under President Biden. But this is where I think someone like President Trump understood negotiation a lot better than so many people in politics these days.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com/tutor.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
0: The political world seems to have gone into just talking points rather than action. And it seems like we've had a lot of people that have won elections on popularity and TikTok, but not because they actually know anything about policy. You've you've served you actually your parents are immigrants. They came here. They left Syria and you were you're you were born in the United States. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, Chicago. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? I, I'm. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. There are good people there. They just have bad <laughs> politics. It, it's a good city, um, but I get what you're saying. So, but I want to talk to you a little bit about that because you have had an interesting experience. You you obviously know why your parents left and what they the unrest that they saw in the Middle East. But you are a supporter of Israel, and I think that's something that people don't understand. How can someone who is an Arab be a supporter of Israel. But there are many Arabs who live in Israel. And also, we need an ally there that can to monitor what's going on when you have so much unrest in the Middle East. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, I think that's exact, exactly right. So I've had the privilege to visit Israel while I was in law school, um, serving overseas in the military. You know, you start to understand the region a lot better from, from multiple lenses. But, you know, going to Israel, and I'm sure you have too, Tudor, it's kind of interesting when you go there because the population of Israel, a lot of them are Arab and they're very pro-Israel. The Druze out there are very pro-Israel. The Bedouins are very pro-Israel. And you look at what's happening with, with Hamas. Hamas has the Gaza Strip under siege and uh, it's, it, they're going to sacrifice the Palestinian people for their, for their own mafia because that's what's happening. The Hamas leadership lives in Qatar. They make all this money and they just keep this conflict going on. They're, they don't want any resolution. President Trump, I mean, look at what he did to the Middle East. He he literally moved the embassy from Tel, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, something that everybody thought was going to create World War Three, And instead, what happened? Peace in the Middle East came. I mean, he he's, I was overseas when he signed the agreements with the United Arab Emirates, with Bahrain, with Morocco. I mean, it was So much progress was happening over there. And I think it's so unfortunate that the halls of Congress has been infiltrated with so many of these anti-Semitic people like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, they are openly calling for you know, from the river to the sea, it's it's this Marxist creep is really is on the rise so fast and it's no longer just on university campuses. It's also in the halls of Congress. So we have to combat that. And I hope to be a, a useful tool and a useful voice in order to combat so much of this false narratives that's happening.
0: I think that it's scary to see it in the walls of Congress, but I, I can't decide what scares me more to see the massive amount of university students who have come out and been okay with repeating anti-Semitic chants. And and I think that you've said that this was kind of something that you saw this takeover was something your parents saw in Syria. And now you're seeing what they escaped from happening in the United States. What does that feel like? What did they say about that?
2: feels like a twilight zone. So I have family from Syria, I have family from Venezuela, so I've seen mm-hmm. how quickly this happens. I mean, it happens, it, it, takes, it takes a while for it to kind of, um, to, to, to seep through it, but if you look at what's going on, you know, the universities have been captured for decades, and what happened is that they've only unleashed and activated their armies. And now you've seen them taking over every single institution. What I think is so strange is that you have these radical Marxists. It, it almost seems hypocritical, right? You see a, a LGBTQ flag flying with the Palestinian flag. Right. It, it's, 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 it doesn't make sense, but that's that's the Marxist logic where it's the Marxists are using the universities as their indoctrination camps. They're using the media as their propaganda arm and they're using radical Islamists. They're using BLM and Antifa as their military wing. So you have this combination of all three is happening right here in the United States, and it's a recipe for disaster. And I'm calling it for what it is. It's Marxism that is infiltrated. They're not just at the gates. They They have stormed the castle, and we gotta save the America that we remember and that we love. I think that
0: we're seeing this happening in our universities, and it's not easy to figure out how to change this, because if we look back at Cuba and we talk to people who went through the the revolution with Castro, they followed him and thought, man, this is going to be an amazing life because communists always promise everything. And then at the end of the day, everybody is poor. You live in complete hell. So how do we get that history to be relearned? It's almost as if our students never learned history at all.
2: I think that's where so many conservatives are waking up to know how important these school board races are because yes. the Marxists have taken over so many of these school board districts. But you look at what's going on in Argentina. I mean, Argentina just elected a pretty solid free market a capitalist president, and but it took look how long it took them to get to that point. You know they had to suffer for decades under communism and Marxism. And look at San Francisco. You know it, it always it doesn't seem to make sense. Or sh- where I didn't think they could have elected a more radical mayor Ugh. than Lori Lightfoot, and then they got Brandon Johnson. So you're right. It takes a while to get out of this psychosis, which I think it is. But the way to do it, I think, if you see the resignation of of Harvard's president uh, just the other day, you know I think that's where conservatives are starting to apply a lot more pressure and starting to use a similar tactics to what the left has been doing because we have to re- wrestle back control of over over these universities, but it's also elementary schools now too. but unfortunately, Hollywood and the the cultural aspect of it is really against us, but I'm kind of more optimistic, especially ever since Elon Musk bought Twitter. And I think so much information has changed now where you just have so much so many more platforms. You have Rumble. You got so many other things that people are able to access information like we've never had before. So it's probably going to take a while. But I do see a lot of people waking up currently. But you're right. If 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 the people who are kicking President Trump off these ballots and trying to prosecute him, these are people in their 40s and 50s. Imagine the radical right. law students who are graduating, you know, this year, how, how they're going to be. So that's what I'm really concerned about is the weaponization, weaponization of the rule of law. So it's gonna take a lot to try to get out of this, this programming that they've been indoctrinated with, but it's something that we must- I think you make a do. good
0: point though about Republicans need to get more aggressive with the way they educate. And Democrats educate in multiple ways. Obviously they have the media, but they send the message directly to you. And I think that when you bring up Merritt Johnson, he is an interesting example, along with Mayor Adams in New York City. So you've got Chicago and New York who are all, all hail the sanctuary city, right? We, we want these people. This is a humanitarian issue. This is what we hear time and time again. When the people actually come to them, suddenly they go after Governor Abbott and they're like, this guy is a lunatic. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. You guys said you wanted this. And that's where I think that the public needs to be educated. Show them the clip of them saying they want a sanctuary city and then show them a clip of saying we can't handle these people because that's the reality that they asked for. And the reality, once they got it, they couldn't take it. But I think Johnson is even more interesting. They just had some maneuver in their their local government, so that Chicago residents could not vote on whether or not they continue as a sanctuary city. So even though he says he cannot handle this, he will not allow the voters to speak. So we talk about them kicking Trump off the ballot. They don't actually allow their voters to have a choice. They got rid of Bernie Sanders. They ended up with Biden. They're doing the same thing with sanctuary cities. Biden is a complete disaster. Why are we not exposing them more for taking choice away from their own voters?
2: Well, i think we need effective communicators and i think you just communicated it so well Tudor. because you're right if you look at johnson what's so interesting about what's happened by sending those migrants over there you're seeing an uprising among the residents of chicago yeah. and it's not just you know what they like to call us white you know i've been labeled a white supremacist by the leftist media if you believe it but you're seeing like black residents hispanic residents I mean, nobody wants this they know it's a drain on resources so I, that's where I think Republicans have gotten smarter, and I think it's really been a good thing because for so for so long so many people in Chicago New York, these inner cities have been lied to by the progressive leftist marxists, and now when they finally see their policies at work, you know they they're opposed to them, and they won't even allow them to vote to end sanctuary cities because i I bet you most Chicago residents would ban would would vote to end it, and that's not something they would tolerate so and you saw Eric Adams yesterday just trying to sue these bus companies for $700 million. Now they're going after private companies. Uh, it's it's setting this country up for a place that I don't want to see. And that's why, you know, when I first ran for Attorney General Tudor, I was the youngest statewide candidate in the country. And, you know, I recognize that I have to live with the policies that I that I implement. And uh, I have to live with the consequences of it. And I think so many politicians these days don't have to do that. And they just try to throw out these these buzzwords to their to their supporters. And then once they actually have to live with the consequences, they start to backtrack. And that's what you're seeing Johnson and Adams doing right now.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash tutor.
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: With these energy policies that are so radical, once you're actually living with it, it makes no sense at all, especially for a manufacturing state to say, oh, we're just going to switch over to 100% renewable energy. And you know that we're going to end up losing automotive. We'll lose all of the people that, that work for automotive, all of those tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers. It's going to be disastrous. But I want to really quickly before you go, I want to talk to you a little bit about Biden's approach to this election, because this is going to impact you too, because he's calling anybody who is anywhere close to Trump, this MAGA extremist. He's running running this new commercial about January 6th and the Uh, The attack on democracy, which I I think is such an interesting I mean, that's how Democrats work, right? It's very good. They use words really well, because nobody actually knows what that means. But everybody thinks it's terrible, right? Uh So it must be something you have to vote against. So how do you fight back against the the boogeyman of Biden when he really is just a, a terrible president for the country?
2: Yeah, And you're right. I mean, last year when we were, when Kerry Lake and I were running for governor attorney general, the Los Angeles Times labeled us the greatest threats to democracy. It was a big <laughs> headline that they had. And, you know, that's the tactics that these people use. But I think that's where, you know, as I mentioned earlier with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, we're able to get our narrative out there a lot more effectively than ever before. And we didn't realize how suppressed uh, Twitter was prior to Elon right. Musk buying it. So That's it's the the threats against democracy line. I think we need better communicators like yourself Tudor, to highlight the examples of them trying to kick off President Trump off the ballot. Them trying to limit. I mean, they're trying to go after RFK Jr. Jill Stein as a Green Party. You know, they're they're the ones who want to limit choice and they're trying to force everybody with Biden onto the American people. But I think Americans are wising up a lot faster than ever before. And I, there, there's just so many different dynamics going on from 2024 to even 2022. I mean, there's so much information has been unleashed. Look at Hunter Biden and the corruption with Joe Biden. So I think the, the mainstream media is being discredited at, at rates I've never seen before. And I, I do believe it's going to be pretty dangerous where all these Trust and institutions are collapsing. Public health got COVID entirely wrong. The mainstream media is in cahoots with the government. I mean, how much longer can this last? And I don't think it's lasting much longer. And that's why you're seeing so many many alternative news media outlets pop up because people are desperate for the truth and we will find the truth.
0: Yeah, I think that you're so right, though. You've got to expose the fact that they are the ones taking choice. I mean, even if you look at this Democrat primary, you've got candidates that are wanting to run against Joe Biden and they're just like, yeah, nope, that's not going to happen. I mean, let's face it. They put him on. They're stuck with him, but they're going to railroad anybody that tries to go against him. And and It's the same. I mean, we can argue that they aren't giving Republicans choice, but they aren't giving Democrats choice either. And we need to make sure that people know that. But we are giving people choice. So before you go, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, how they can help you, what you need.
2: Thank you, Tudor. They can go to my website at abeforaz.com, A-B-E-F-O-R-A-Z.com, or they can find me on Twitter or Truth Social at at Abraham Hamaday.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Abe. Thank you, Tudor. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to tutordixonpodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Now, you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash tutor.
1: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years,
3: and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points.
1: Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air.
3: Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. slash iHeart.